Hello and welcome to another episode of You Haven't Seen That, the podcast where we watch the films that my co-host missed in his childhood. Uh, my name is Chris and I'm joined by Eric. Hi everyone. And uh, yeah, this is our first episode, our first recording for 2019, so uh, happy new year everyone. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and it, it feels like it's been a while because I went overseas for a little bit, so... Um, yeah, a, a glimpse behind the curtain. Uh, Eric's been away for two months, three, something crazy yeah, like so that. It's the power of illusion, we tricked you into thinking... Yeah, they were all released. So, nah, we we did pre-record a few of the last ones. <laughs> quite a few. So it's it's. I'm gonna have to remember how to do this. Yeah, it's been quite a while. So let's you know, 2019. Let's go full energy. Let's yeah, woo! And what better movie to start with? <laughs> what an action-packed thrill ride that is Twister. There is a mystery, elusive, unpredictable, violent. It terrifies most scientists. But for a new breed, the challenge is saving lives. The research is deadly. The laboratory is nature itself. Okay, so this one's kind of shocking that you haven't seen because this oh, was a huge film when it came out. <laughs> this was on TV every week. Yeah, <laughs> and it was like right around that time of like the Amblin Entertainment, like the Spielberg produced blockbusters yeah. and stuff like, you know, I think it's 1996. So yeah. like, yeah, how, how I guess? <laughs> well, I, like once again, like I just didn't see heaps of movies at the cinemas. Like, no, no birthday parties or anything? Like, going? like a few along the way, but, mm. like, um, <laughs> like I remember seeing Jumanji at the cinemas. Yeah. I remember that, mm. um, definitely. But, like, in, off the top of my mind, I can't remember many um, movie-based parties and things like that, so I missed that kind of thing. Yeah. And then um, and then I remember watching, like, when they came out on TV, I remember watching um, Armageddon yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Deep Impact. So I caught the other disaster movies. But they no. were a little later, I think, weren't they? Like a couple of years or something. But Yeah, like a year or two. I think yeah. Armageddon's like 98. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, somehow I just never saw... Maybe, I think because it was on TV so much, I was like, yeah, hey, I'll catch it next time. Yeah, I'm sure this will be fine. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, well, do you have any idea of what it's about? No, I mean, I, I mean, I know it's about tornadoes. Yep. Um, I know there's uh, a cow that flies past a house. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, from our chat last week, I know that Bill Paxton's in it. Yep. Yep. So I'm bloody excited. That's that's all you've got. All right. <laughs> I'm guessing they're storm chasers, okay. and we get like a perfect storm kind of situation. Yep. And so like, yeah, so they all die. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. We. This is something I pulled out a little while ago when I think it was like. A, one of our last action-y kind of movies. Mm. <laughs> what What's Bill Paxton's character's name? <laughs> um, if, if you had to guess. Um, okay. Um, Trey Lightbringer. Oh, that's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, okay. No, okay. it's probably just something like Todd Marshall. Yeah, just uh, generic, like yeah. John Smith. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, now this was a film, like, I remember seeing in the cinema and things when it first came out because it was one of those ones that was, like, made it such a big deal of, oh, my God, like, the special effects and yes. the sound and, like, you've got to see it, like, in the cinema and things. And when I was doing a bit of research for this one, I actually found out, like, 
it ended up like blowing speakers in a lot of cinemas really? around the world because it was so. Because yeah, it did, like who directed it? Jan de Bont. So it's his. Oh really? Yeah. So from the director of Speed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because um, yeah, I do remember it being popular more just from that more like um, like not because it was like a powerhouse performance from that, but yeah, just like as a blockbuster kind yeah. of film. It was. And I mean, yeah, coming out in '96, so it's like a two years after Speed, and yeah. so it boasts uh, Jan de Bont is like the Jan de Bont is the director, and written by Michael Crichton of all people. Yeah, I guess he was pretty... I mean, Jurassic Park only well, a few years earlier. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. So that's like... <laughs> that's one of those ones where like, what else did he write? Yeah, it's like from the director of Speed and the writer of Jurassic Park. Well, th- well this wasn't even a book. This just was a flat-out oh, screenplay. Screenplay. Wrote. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So, uh, does that change like what you're expecting, possibly? Like... No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, this man created ER, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. Mm. Um... Maybe there's just a bit more science to it. They weren't at a genetically cloned tornadoes. They <laughs> <laughs> got the Air Force to fly around a particular area to air pressure. And... It's all about the science. <laughs> no, I, I'm assuming, you know, like um, with a tornado belt or whatever in the Midwest or yep. whatever, and, um, and there's some storm chasers that realise that something crazy is going to happen and some storms are going to collide or something. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm picturing not to have aliens or anything like okay, that. Yeah, nothing too extreme. And I'm not man. picturing like a bank heist that ends up stuck in a tornado. Oh, like that awesome movie Hurricane Heist. What? <laughs> that, that's, that is a legitimate film that came out last year. Oh. That is the actual premise. There's a hurricane coming. This is not good. No witnesses. What the hell was that about? The treasury's being rocked. We're about to be crushed. By the biggest storm of the century. They beat me to it. <laughs> it's amazing. <Aww. laughs> if you're looking for a fantastic bad film. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Fabulous. Okay. Well, all right. What do you say we jump into Twister? Yep. Let's twist. <laughs> God. So that was Twister. <laughs> oh man, I feel like a Pepsi now. <laughs> so much Pepsi. So much Pepsi. So much Pepsi. <laughs> um, yeah, that movie does not hold up for me. <laughs> I yeah, it's a funny one. Like I actually found it a lot of fun. Yeah. Like I could definitely see why it was big at the time. Oh yeah. But like I didn't connect to any of the characters at all. <laughs> that's that's my big thing that I kind of <laughs> yeah. Like up. Helen Hunt's character is. Awful. And Bill Paxton's a dick. He just his character has nothing really. Yeah. Um, like you see the angle they've written him on. Yeah. The the guy, you know, he's, he's moved on and he's, you know, but deep down his passion. But it doesn't even really like have that passion kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. It's just. It, it's almost like the Godfather Three of like every time I'm out they pull me back in. It's just <laughs> like. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, I'm assuming most people have seen Twister if you're listening to this, but if you haven't... So, Bill Paxton plays a retired, I guess, storm chaser who yeah. is uh, has gone back out to meet his old crew and his ex- uh, soon-to-be ex-wife to get her to sign the divorce papers so he can get married to Jamie Gertz. Yeah. <laughs> Who M- Melissa? I think her yes. name was. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he forgot forgets her name. Like, oh half the God! Time. Yeah, and then he ends up 
just immediately falling back into the old routine. And Purely because he sees his old rival has copied his his uh, his machine for charting t- how tornadoes work because nobody knows how. Yeah, and like great. Okay, the one thing I'm <laughs> the, the science is flimsy, <laughs> but okay. So they've created. He's created and designed this thing that launches these little, you know, sensing things up into the tornado to allow them to chart and whatever. And, and when we say launch, it's more like a big rubbish bin filled with tennis balls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and the idea is, you put that on the road or wherever. Yep. You get somewhere before the tornado reaches there. You flick a lot of switches, turn some knobs. Yep. Um, then and a really ta- annoying siren starts. A really playing. annoying siren starts playing. Some lights flash so yep. you, that you know that it's on. Yeah. Um, and then you have to unbuckle it from the the, the jeep or whatever. Mm. And then somehow one person is meant to take that off the jeep. <laughs> yes. And put it on the ground without it tipping over. And then get back in the jeep. <laughs> Get out of Dodge. <laughs> you got to get in front of the tornado and put it in the damage path and then get out again before it picks you up too. It's a sucksa. But, it, and the, the reason they're doing this is to help uh, early warning signs. Yeah. If we knew how a tornado really worked, we could design an advanced warning system. Aren't there already tornado warnings? Well, the civil they're not good enough. They're nowhere near good enough. Right now, it's three minutes. If we can get this new information, we can increase warning time to 15 minutes. Give people a chance to get to safety. That's like the big thing for this film is like tornadoes just strike out of nowhere and they're merciless and they are out for blood. Yeah. <laughs> and we do know that, that tornadoes are a genuine thing in, yeah. uh, around the world, particularly in the mid, um, Midwest of America. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's a way, there's the a tornado area alley. called yeah, yeah. Tornado Alley and things. But it's the, the way they're depicted in this film is. It's like, watch, we were watching with our friend and our previous guest, Mike, um, who made the comment, it's like Jaws 4. It killed Helen Hunt's family and it's come back for more. <laughs> Pretty much. And she's on a vendetta <laughs> to stop these murderous wind monsters. It's, it she is. is oh, she's yeah. hell-bent. Like, she is, she's yeah. constantly, like, wanting to, like... Like screaming, like let me! I want to see it! I want to see it! And like trying to crawl out and she like she needs therapy. Yes. So uh, a bit more context is her father when she was a child was was killed by an F five. Yes, the most powerful tornado possible. What would that be like? The finger of God. None of you have ever seen an F five. Just one of us. So she, she's got, like, a personal stake in it as well. Yeah. Um, but, geez, she, that's something she should have tried to deal with, like, a long time ago. I, it, you would assume that she has dealt with it, like, given that she's, like, well, this horrible thing happened to me as a kid. I'm going to learn and understand it and then, you know, mm. try and help. But instead, she's just like, I need to stare in its face. When it kills. <laughs> <laughs> and Bill Paxton's trying to reason. Like, he's, yeah, like, he still <laughs> wants to, like... Do the science, but also yeah. die in the process. And also, he's trying to help her work through her issues. Like, there's the one scene where he's just mm. like pleading, like, "It won't bring your dad back." Yeah. <laughs> like, you've never seen him miss this house and miss that house and come after you. Christ, Joe, is that what you think it did? Joe, things go wrong. You can't explain it. You can't predict it. Killing yourself won't bring your dad back. Uh, uh, the one thing I will give it—it's an interesting premise I guess like up yeah. until this point like I mean now there's obviously all the reality TV shows like Storm Chasers yeah. and 
all of that. And it's a kind of common thing. But back in 96, this is like, oh, wait, there are these wild, wild west people yes. like, running around in hippie vans chasing tornadoes. Yep. Novel idea. Yep. And so you're like, it's something we've never seen before, but it's just how, like, it's so weird and base. <laughs> yeah. At, at the end of the day, like, as an action-adventure kind of movie, it's executed pretty well. Mm. Um, I, it's got fun set pieces, but yeah. like you said, absolutely no characters. No, no, no like, substance. Yeah. Like, I, I just... Helen Hunt is irritating the moment you meet her. Yeah. And stays irritating pretty much up until the point that her auntie ends up in hospital. Yeah, yeah. And then she finally just kind of humanises a bit more. You've got something there that's a connection. Just just her character shift actually becomes not grating and irritating. Yeah, she's just like like when she's fluffing around with not not signing the divorce papers and things like that. And she's constantly antagonising Bill Paxton. Yeah, and, and, and just, just like... But you're like, well, surely she's obviously got to still be into him or something, but it's just weird. Yeah. And then Bill Paxton's just... He reminded me of Coach Bombay. How so? <laughs> oh, no, actually, sorry, I changed that. I meant more by the, the suit. Um, he reminded me of... Um, um, Charlie Sheen's character in Major League Two when he comes back all corporate. Oh, okay. when, he sells, <laughs> when he sells out. Yeah, and um, and then like, no, you're better as wild thing. Yeah, you've got to you've got to go back to your roots. And, yeah, yeah. So he came back. You know, like when you first meet Bill Paxton, he's got the the blazer jacket on and the shirt yeah. and the hairs all. After he has a shower and he's a bit more involved, he doesn't even button his shirt back up again. You never see the blazer jacket again. Yeah, no. Well, that's an interesting, like, actually, that's a progression you could say. Yeah. Like, and it's an interesting indicator to the audience that, like, you know, he's he's getting back into it. Back in the fold. Yeah. Yep. See, there was another Bill, a, an evil Bill, and I killed him. Once a tornado chaser, always a tornado <laughs> yes, chaser. Yes, <laughs> it's in his blood. Mm. But you mentioned the whole, like, Charlie Sheen going corporate in Major League. Uh, I think we need to talk about Carrie Elwes. Oh, I know. What the... And the other Storm Chasers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jonas, his name is. And yeah. he's Bill Paxton's rival who uh, is... He went out and got himself some corporate sponsorship. Yeah, because... You, you Pepsi, can, I'm assuming? <laughs> yeah, probably Pepsi or Dodge. One yeah. of those two. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, that's, that's my favourite part of the film. The fact that there is rival tornado chasers... One who are at each other's throat because he's not in it. He's in it for the money, not the science. Yes. <laughs> Jonas Miller, he's a night crawler. We all start out in the same lab, and Jonas went out and got himself some corporate sponsors. He's in it for the money, not the science. Which leads me to the question of who's paying these people? Like, I know, like, and like they built four of these Dorothy yeah. machines, and they don't look cheap. Like, I mean, there's a little, th- like, at the end, she's sort of saying, like, oh, we've got to, you know, blah, 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 I've got to get the grants, and we've got to get the lab up and running. I'm like, who's, like, obviously a university, I'm assuming, but yeah. I don't, yeah, it's never explained, we're just throwing it. <laughs> no, like, it's, uh, anyway, they, I guess, maybe they already had a small grant to begin with, someone I trusted guess. these hippies with some cash, and, yeah. They built a rubbish bin with <laughs> Pokeballs, and then Carrie Always' sponsors didn't like balls, so they made cubes. <laughs> That's, like, the amazing <laughs> thing. Okay, so Helen Hunt's one is called Dorothy, and so Carrie Always' is called Dot. Yep. And uh, it <laughs> instead of circles, it's cubes. <laughs> <laughs> Which clearly look less aerodynamic. <laughs> no sense and then he's just going on and on about the bells and whistles that his one has and it's just like what <laughs> this baby has satellite comlink you got onboard pulse doppler 
We got next ride real time. Then I added some fins to lower wind resistance. And this racing stripe here, I feel is pretty sharp. That's actually, uh, there's so many scenes in this film that is science exposition. Oh my, like that, but effectively that scene where he's explaining the machine to Melissa. Yeah, oh, he yeah. opens up with like, well, you see Melissa, AKA audience. audience. <laughs> and then they just explain like the entire process of why they chase tornadoes. Yeah. You cop it for several minutes. It's she, like, they just got it out of the way in one go. Really. Yeah. It's, it, which is fine. Yeah. But it's also the Melissa character is usually one thing that everyone kind of throws out as like, why, like, uh, the ugh factor of the film, like, mm. the unnecessary, and, like, she's the comic relief with the, you know, the cow's line, and... Yeah. She's just there for, you know, jokes and things. But she works as a kind of, a, a new, like, essentially a vessel for the audience to yeah. have have a character there who can have all of this explained, so we, the audience, know. So, it's, yes, she's, she's not bad, and she serves a purpose. Yes, and she serves a couple of roles. She's, like, the one character as well that I actually have some empathy towards as well. Oh, gosh. Like, she puts up with a lot before she just decides, hang on. That is the most hectic day of her life. Oh, my... Yeah, she could have died several times. And the fact that she knew none of his past. Yeah. And it's, like... And, yeah. Probably should have found that out before agreeing to marry him. Yeah. It, it's kind of nuts. <laughs> Yeah, as long as she thought that um, when he said it was a tornado chaser and she thought uh, it was innuendo. <laughs> so oh, was no, like, it, was, it was a metaphor. Metaphor, that's right. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not okay. This is not okay. Okay. You know, when you used to tell me that you chased tornadoes, deep down I always just thought it was a metaphor. Shh. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, yes, so... Yeah, in terms of, like, core plot and stuff, you know, it's, it's clunky and the characters are, like we said, like, like none of the support characters you like, apart from Philip, maybe Philip Simmer Hoffman, but he's more, as often he can be, he's just kind of just a creepy character. It's a sucker. He, he's unhinged. He's unhinged. I, I, yeah. was, I was saying, like, it, it feels like it's a character that was written for Jack Black mm. and ended up going, like, Phil... Auditioned yeah. and did a great job. Yeah, so. basically. So he's the one support character, and um, whose name you know as well. I've forgotten it. Dusty. <laughs> Dusty. That's right. Yeah. And I think the only other one is uh, Alan Ruck. Alan Ruck. Yeah. Yeah. He's Rabbit because he, they constantly are asking him for directions because he's the map guy. Of course. Yeah. But like, I couldn't tell you what Jeremy Davis's character's name nah. is. I couldn't tell you what Todd Fields. I don't even know what their personalities are. Yeah. It's just like we were saying. Like, yeah, he. And what are their jobs? Who are they? Like one guy looks after the maps and a couple of the others look at the computer screens sometimes, like the radars. The mm. Doppler. Yes. <laughs> the Doppler. I, I will say, like, there are, like, the scene where they go to Meg's, Aunt Meg's place, mm. you get the sense of they are, they all work really well as characters, like, together in scenes. Like, yes. the, act, the performances, I mean. As an ensemble to work, yeah, like, as they a They seem like they actually have chemistry and they're all clicking yeah. and everything, which is great, but... We know none of their names. <laughs> no, not at all. It's yeah. just like a random girl with glasses who gets a line at the end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then randomly like Jeremy Davies who gets his like similar to upper moment where like he's just hiding in the pot, oh, like yes. in the car. He's like, no, no, I can't go. I can't go. <laughs> it's just like, ah. You can do this. God damn it, Upham. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. Um, but then like, yeah, randomly Todd Fields as well, like. He's the guy who was, like, seeing Oklahoma at the beginning in the car with the girl with the glasses. Oh, yes. Yep, yep. Um, he is an Academy Award-nominated filmmaker now. 
What for? Uh, he directed like In the Bedroom and uh, the film Little Children with uh, Patrick yeah. Wilson and Kate okay. Wilson and things. Cool. Yeah, and he wow. acted in Eyes Wide Shut. Like, yeah, he's oh. he's an interesting dude, that guy, wow. Tom Fields. Okay. But, um, he's cast his net wide. Yeah, yeah, but like started as an actor and then transitioned into like a filmmaker who's way better than Yonder Bond. <laughs> Yeah, tell you what, this movie felt like Speed, but with twist, with tw- tornadoes. Because because you weren't the biggest fan of Speed, like, or you thought it like it was fine, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it just didn't. I, I think maybe it's just because as much as I just watched Die Hard and stuff, and it, yeah. I was just like, but no, and Sandra Bullock wasn't great, mm. but um, it reminded me of that because like very quickly, just like all right, we're chasing tornadoes, and there wasn't like a very standard action adventure three act structure kind of thing. There sort of was, but. It, it was more based around set pieces. It reminded me a bit of Mad Max Fury Road. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. In terms just... of it, it was pretty non-stop with just a couple of pauses. Yeah. And then kind of kept rolling. You're like, there's another one. And yeah. off they went again. And then it was just on the road. Well, just, yeah. I suppose, <laughs> yeah. Like you said, in terms of an action-adventure film, it's super effective. But in terms mm. of a movie, it's maybe yeah. not. So it's, it's a really funny one. Because like, I was actually quite enjoying it. Mm. And I'm wondering, it's because, you know, we were saying this was written by Michael Crichton and his, mm. and his wife, um, Anne-Marie Martin. Um, and I'm wondering if Crichton being so, like, tradi- like more often than not a novelist, like he yes. had written a couple of scripts, like Westworld and things. Yeah. But if he's just like, well, it's a script, so it's just dialogue, 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 but never, like has the internal monologue of the characters that actually gets... That he would usually... Maybe from first person... Yeah. Like, he he doesn't actually get the chance to develop them in the way that he would probably more traditionally in a novel. That could... Yeah. But then, randomly, like, doing the research, I found out a bunch of people were brought on as ghostwriters as well. Oh, really? Uh, Steve Zalian, who wrote, like, Schindler's List and things, uh, came on, as did Joss Whedon. Man, that guy's everywhere. Yeah. It was like, this is post-Toy um, Story and things, and yeah. Bobby, so it was just like, yeah, you go and... You're doing okay. This is bringing that guy. Yeah. And get and they apparently got paid $100,000 a week to do Ooh. script work on this. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be a script doctor. Yeah, me too. <laughs> then again. Yeah, well, you came up with two better endings. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to predict the endings, and um, there was a moment where... What were the two I predicted? Oh, um, I predicted my first one as I decided they were... Running away from the mile-wide tornado. The F5. The F5. One mile-wide tornado, um, which they managed to outrun, by the way. Um, Several times. Multiple (laughs) times. Uh, My first guess was like, oh, here we go. They're going to end up trapped in a cellar like the... Like the bookend, and he's going to be holding the door open, and she's going to be like, no, don't sacrifice yourself for me. Yeah. Which would actually be like, oh, some arc, and she's learned to, Mm. like, come to terms with what happened to her father, and... Like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that doesn't just mean just put it on my Hollywood scriptwriter's hat. Yeah. Um, but no, they didn't. But no. <laughs> and then, then it cut to some horses for some reason. And I was like, oh, are they going to outride the tornado on horses? <laughs> Which I was all for if that ended up happening. <laughs> well, they back on the horse just off into the like, sunset. <laughs> well, they'd already driven through a house and up some stairs and out another window. Yeah. So, like, it, <laughs> it's, uh, not, it's plausible. They jumped the, jumped the shark ages ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, like, I... I kind of had my, like, based on that one, the, the horses, I was like, I just wanted them to almost have a showdown with it and, like, start firing guns at it and stuff. <laughs> and, like... and then then the ultimate ending, where they're inside the tornado looking up, I, I honestly, I found that a bit weird. It's weak. Like I was saying during it, it's a bit weak. Like, everything else is blown away, but their belts and the metal pipe is okay. Yeah. Because they just are. Well, like, um, he, he has, like, a... 
throwaway ADR line where he's just like, oh, this goes down at least 30 feet. We should be fine. <laughs> well, he the dice and that worked <laughs> and, out okay. And, and then you've got the wonderful thing afterwards where it's like, look, it didn't take the house. Which, yeah. Where it's just like, you know, plays off of Helen Hunt's thing of just like, it picks and chooses and comes after specific. And it's like, no, it didn't this time. <laughs> I'm sorry, I love Bill Paxton, but his delivery for... Yeah, his real um, Almost every line is... It's like he's acting on Valium. Yeah, they calmed him down. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's just... He's just so flat and just dull. There's you know, no character there. And I find it quite amazing, because I haven't seen him in many things. Mm. Um, what I have seen him in is he's a lunatic in all of them. Uh, well, like, the one that comes to mind where he's also kind of... I wouldn't say dull, but like more flat and placid is Apollo 13. And he's great in that. Oh, is he in that? Oh, I saw that a long time ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and like, that's like a more measured kind of karma performance. It's not the wild craziness of, you know, say aliens and things. Which I watched on the plane the other day, as you know. Awesome. And, um... (laughs) Got yourself psyched up for some wild... I did. I did. I wanted to watch the movie anyway. I'm like, well, I'm going to get my Paxton dose as well. Yeah. And, um, it was good to watch him in that and then watch him in this and go, whoa. He's got range? <laughs> I think he's just getting older. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, Helen Hunt, I don't. I think she didn't kind of. I didn't find her as irritating as you did. I don't. I think but just early on, she was just so like. Um, mm. She she was better by the end, but for quite a lot early on, she yeah. was, it's just her character had nothing much. Mm. She's just brushing him off, and yeah, like I said, almost antagonizing him. And yeah. But that's like the you end up finding out it's that thing of like she's why she hasn't signed the papers and she yeah still, pays off at the end yeah but you never kind of for the journey you just you're not on board and it's also like we're just thrown into meeting her and there's like you even want like a little bit of build up of like Paxton talking to Jamie Gertz about like you know this is who my ex wife is this is a little bit of backstory of what we're going into but instead mm. we're just off we go off we go <laughs> and we, the film never takes its time to let you relate and connect with the characters which no. is a big big flaw like because at least like comparing it to speed we've got yeah. a whole 40 minutes before we get on the bus essentially mm. of build up of who uh, Keanu Reeves is as a character yep. his relationship to Jeff Daniels yep. and Joan Morton yep. uh, history of the whole yeah, and you, we even get to know the people on the bus before the yes. incident happens. Yeah, like you, you, you're involved and you go, okay, we have some personality on everybody. Yeah. Um, off we go. And this is just... No, just off we go. Yeah. These are all the people and yeah. oh, there's a tornado. Woo. And, and I guess, like, I understand the studio is probably just wanting, like, action adventure, yeah. special effects, like, let's just do this. That was their focus by the sounds of things. Yeah. Like, you know, sound and vision. Yes, yeah. It, um, which, yeah. So I, I suppose, you know, it's effective, but... Yeah. Not that entertaining. <laughs> For me, at least. Yeah. Um, I, I was... I was definitely... We were talking during that. It does feel a lot longer than it actually was. Yeah. It hit a point where it was... When they were going off to encounter the F5, I kind of checked how, like, long... The runtime was. Yeah. And took bets <laughs> from who we were watching with. And it's... It feels like a good two hour, 20 minute film. Yeah, it does. It's yeah. an hour 50. Yeah. Like it, oh, that was astounding. Yeah. And I think that's just because it hits the action quite early and then never really stops. And and so, yeah, it, it and it, I think because it all takes place in one day as well, like that yeah. gives you the sense of so much has happened that this mm. must be just this big, long, epic thing. Yeah. But no. Really? It's a good length film. Yeah, it works fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Under did did John DeBont? What else did he do after this? 
Speed 2. Oh, okay. And then was that... Was that yeah, I'll, I'll quickly look up his IMDb <laughs> to see. Because, um, like, that, obviously he started it as a um, director of photography. That's kind of yes. weird. Yes, yeah. He got a start and transitioned into filmmaking. Um, wow, he only has directed five films. Did Speed 2 kill him? Well, he did... Okay, a year after Twister was Speed 2, Cruise yep. Control. Yeah. Because it's on a boat. On a boat, that's clever. Uh, then he did The Haunting... Oh, did he? Yeah. That, uh, is that different. Liam Neeson and Catherine Zeta-Jones? Yeah. And Owen Wilson, that one. Yeah. And then he did the second Tomb Raider film with Angelina Jolie. Did he really? Cradle of Life, I, yeah. Yeah, I never saw that one. I remember the... Yeah. Um, interesting. Okay, well, there you go. All and, right. and that was it. So he hasn't made a film in... Ages? <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> nearly 20 years. Wow. Okay. Well, 2003 was his last film, and so... Yeah, I mean, because like... Direction wise The film was pretty good And his films Make money Yeah So It's interesting That he just kind of Stopped I guess Well but You can tell us early How much What was the budget And the takings Alright well if you want to Yeah we'll, we'll do that And then come back To the other stuff later It was Production budget Of 92 million Yeah like Like we were saying During the film I was Some of those Wreckage scenes When they get to um, Wakita And like mm. Meg's house Like that's Impressive as hell. Like. Yeah, so that's a big set. It reminded yeah. me of um, when I was in Universal Studios in um, LA and they had, um, what was Spielberg's film that involved the plash crash? Oh, plane? War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds, yeah. And that yeah. part of that was driving you through the War of the Worlds set. It's literally like a Boeing 747. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh my gosh, okay. Well, speaking of Boeing 747, that was, they used one of their jet engines to create the wind effects. Oh, wow. Like okay. Like set. <laughs> That's how that was all done. Jeez. Um, but yeah, so budget of $92 million, mm-hmm. and it went on to gross... Four hundred and ninety-four point five. Wow! Yeah. Uh, adjusted for inflation, that's about eight hundred and twenty-four million. Whoa! Yeah. Uh, second highest grossing film of nineteen ninety-six. Titanic was ninety-seven, wasn't it? Yep. Uh, number one was Independence Day. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> and this is not adjusted for inflation. <laughs> it made eight hundred and seventeen million wow. in ninety-six. <laughs> that, that was massive. That I, was, I, yeah, yeah. I saw that one at the cinemas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that, it's like I found that so interesting that like the number two film of the year and the number one, it's all it's four hundred million dollar difference. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. I guess yeah. everyone saw Independence okay, Day. Okay, so Twister was that big, yeah, yeah. in terms of numbers. Yeah. So that, yeah, it it was a big film. Uh, randomly, it was the first film ever released on DVD. <laughs> I found that in the research. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess like when did DVD become a medium, like a proper. Like, 97, 98? Like, like around the, then, yeah. yeah. Without Independence Day, then probably that would... Yeah. And this is, this is, like, a good one, obviously, to, like... Yeah, sure. Test the visuals and the sound and stuff, so that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, you're going to pick one that was... Mm. Like, what were you saying before? There's something about the... Speed. Oh, yeah, that the, um... There were cases where, uh... The, the sound systems actually distorted and blew out in cinemas because of the effects <laughs> oh and randomly like we were saying like when they're at the drive-in and things and it sounds like there's a tyrannosaurus sneaking up on them yeah like it sounded like the tornado was growling yeah it was growling it's it's the sound of a camel's moan slowed down because <laughs> why not yeah you might as well throw an animal in there yeah but 
Okay, like, I've been obviously ragging on the film a little bit, because mm. I, I yep. didn't, don't really like it that much. No, 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 there's better films. I, I like Independence Day a lot more. Yeah, um, I do want to say the music is great. Yes. and That helps a lot to kind of get you oh, engaged. On, you are on an adventure. Yeah. There's no risk involved when that music's playing. No, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's Mark Mancini who... Uh, did like you know Con Air and um, he he worked with Hans Zimmer doing the music for The Rock and yep. bunch of bad boys he did all the music for that like yep. a big action guy and so yep. it's it's that fun bombastic yep it, yeah <laughs> makes yeah. you feel like I'm watching a fun PG adventure yes movie. yeah there's not like all threatening yeah like not tense and it's just no like it there. they change the tone at times but most of the time it's mm. quite adventurous yeah um. Yeah, it, that's a really good point. Actually, the music was good, and yeah, and the sound of the sound design and effects like were good, incredible. Yeah, yeah, they were. Like, I wouldn't normally care about that, but um, unless it's bad, um, yeah. <laughs> it was actually good. And uh, I, I think a lot of the special effects are still kind of hold up because they're not too bad actually. They're sort of CGI ones because it's like extreme wide shots as well. Yeah, of like a tornado off in the distance, and you're like, yeah. Yeah, that, that looks fine. That holds up okay. I mean, like when you compare it to Eric Banner and the Hulk. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> well, let's not speak of that film. Yeah. Poor Eric Banner. No, he's fine. Yeah, he's okay. <laughs> he's um, pointer. Yeah, he's po- he'll always be pointer. G'day. I'm pointer. How's it going? Sweet, mate. But yeah, like when you compare it to that, like that, that, just, ugh. Um, where, yeah, it's fine. Like even when you see like flying CGI trees and things like that. And yeah. You're like, no, that, that works okay because yeah, exactly. They've kept it wide and they cut at the right time. Yeah, they, they don't, yeah. The editing and everything is, the, the way the film's put together is fine. Yeah, it's good. It just lacks the actual, the hook to make you engage with the characters. Yeah. I think if it had had that, it would be a legitimately good entertaining film. At this point, it's kind of just, it's a fun one to sit and like kind of laugh at. Yeah, I had a great time laughing at it. Yeah. Um, Do you think it would have been better if Bill Paxton's character's name wasn't Bill? (laughs) Yeah. That was not close at all. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. The whole time, I, that's just like, I wonder if it's just the laziness of like, oh, let's just call him Bill and Helen. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, it's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so. Um, yeah. is, is this one you think you'll ever watch again? Mm, not in a hurry. Yeah. No, like, I don't, like, for Christmas this year, I watched Home Alone. Nice. So and you that actually is, went back to that. I went back to a movie and watched Home Alone. Yep. Um, and that was that was great. Hmm. <laughs> um, um, mostly because Netflix in the country I was in didn't have Die Hard. Yeah, fair which enough. Is, so you go to the that was going that was going to be my. Um, um, although the other night I did watch Gremlins and I that's a Christmas film too now. Oh, that's wonderful that movie. Yeah, so it's know. got the weirdest Christmas speech ever. Oh, I know. Firemen came, broke through the chimney top, and me and Mom were expecting them to pull out a dead cat or a bird. And instead, they pulled out my father. Oh, my gosh. I forgot all about that anyway. The best part about that whole scene is it's, like, super bleak and comes out of nowhere. (laughs) And when she's in the middle of it, they, like, obviously needed to cut away, like, and they didn't have enough coverage. 
So it just cuts randomly to like a close-up of Gizmo looking super uncomfortable. Yes, that's right. It's really weird and jarring. Oh. You're like, wow, even the Mogwai's <laughs> kind of uncomfortable with this. Even the non-human is just... <laughs> knows something's going on that's intense. This extremely unlikely event makes her hate Christmas. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. Di- um, diverged a bit there. But no, this is probably not one that I would go, I really feel like watching that. Yeah. Um, what about if obviously the big question as a kid how do you think you would have I reckon I would have liked it yeah yeah. like I said like I sitting here tonight I could enjoy it, plenty of the action like it was just the actual chases and things like that were engaging and they yeah. they made up most of the film yeah what kind of just makes me not really want to watch it again is that the characters and their their, their chemistry and stuff is not until the last like 20 minutes so like, you Helen Hunt and, and Bill Paxton really don't look like that. Even though you know it's going to happen, they don't look like they're going to end up together. Even when Melissa leaves, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's, um, it's interesting. Like what I think could be why they don't necessarily have that much chemistry is uh, because Bill Paxton came on real late in the in the game. Oh, who did they have first? There was another actor who was cast who went through. I uh, had done uh, table reads. We even went so far as to pick out the wardrobe for the character. Ooh, okay. There was still the wardrobe that Bill Paxton had to use. Okay. And then he uh, he left John the Travolta. Project. Not a bad guess, <laughs> but like, yeah, this is Travolta. Travolta's doing like Broken Arrow and Face Off at this time. Yeah, that's so. what I was thinking. You know, maybe, but yeah. no, that's true. He's... Tom Hanks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. At that time, obviously, he was on fire. Yeah. So um... Hanks was cast and like went through all the pre-production and then dropped out at like last minute yeah that would have been better yeah and <laughs> Paxton came in as a recommendation from James Cameron so yeah okay when did, because yeah. he was apparently he, what yeah. I've got in my notes Bill Paxton was chosen due his due to his southern everyman charm well yeah he's got the southern voice yeah yeah but um yeah the other options were Kurt Russell and Michael Keaton Kurt Russell too old. I think Keaton would have been pretty good. Keaton would have been good. Mm. He would have had that like, yeah, kind of smarmy, kind of yeah, sarcastic. Yep, yeah, yeah, he could have done the dry sort of um, uh, what a, just more yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Hanks just would have just nailed it because he's Hanks. He's Hanks. Yeah. He's America's dad. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, that's and I think Hanks and Helen Hunt would have worked better together. That's yes. just my little. Well, I mean, they did end up working together a couple of years later in Castaway. Oh, yeah, of course. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. I, and, yeah. yeah, so I'm wondering if that possibly is something to do I'm with... I'm sure that stuff's got to have an impact. Yeah, just Bill Paxton being thrown in last minute is probably why he's just like, wait, what am I doing uh-huh. now, Paul? Huh? <laughs> just woke him up and put him on the set. <laughs> yeah, and threw a Boeing engine jet blast in his face. <laughs> I just put him in the car in the opening scene, like, huh? Where am I? Okay, we're doing okay. tornadoes today. Am I going to get divorced? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Um, other casting for, uh, instead of Helen Hunt, the other option was Laura Dern, who I am a huge fan yeah, of, yeah. but no, I think they, there's just lack of imagination because it's like, oh, she was just in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Let's just do that again. Yeah. Um, yeah, and she would have been playing a similar-ish character. Yeah. Yeah. The weirdest one I found though was someone was offered the role of Dusty that Philip Seymour Hoffman yeah. played. It wasn't Jack Black was country music singer Garth Brooks. All right. Yeah. Really? Yeah, apparently he, or according to IMDb, true, yeah, yeah, Garth yeah, Brooks yeah. turned down the role. <laughs> so they went to Academy Award winning character actor Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yes. <laughs> oh, right. Fine. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, do you want to hear about, like, obviously we've done the budget and stuff, but mm. um, in terms of other um, kind of accolades and things? Yeah, how did it do? So I think we were talking about it during it got some Oscar, yeah. Oscar noms or... Twister is the big, is the big, uh, the big, uh, what do movie. you call it? Movie, yeah. <laughs> Twister's the big uh-huh. movie and uh, uh, I got some news apparently now, they're thinking about Oscars for uh-huh. the movie. Yeah, yeah the, uh, they're thinking of best actor uh, for, uh, for The Wind. <laughs> <laughs> so it was nominated for uh, two Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, best sound and best visual effects. Yep. Uh, it won a BAFTA for best visual effects, and it was also nominated for two Razzies. Oh, really? Uh, it it won one of them, yeah. which was uh, worst written film grossing over two hundred million. <laughs> was that like a special category? I guess, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, Jamie Gertz was nominated for worst uh, supporting actress, which I think is harsh because, like I said, she's given a thankless role that ends yeah. up being the comic relief, but it's also the audience vessel who just has to react. Yeah, yeah. She and I think she did a good job for what role, she was given. She was given nothing. Like, if, even in, like, the um, the scene at Aunt Meg's or whatever. Yeah. Uh, when she sits down, like, they put a steak on the table in front of her and, like, the uh, mashed potato and stuff. And she's obviously meant to react like a city girl who's she's never like, been served at a table like this before. I'm like, we don't even know that she's a city girl apart from the fact that she's on the phone a bit. Yeah. It, it's yeah. She's she's. It's a real thankless, underwritten role. It's but, a really underwritten role. But I think she did okay with what it what was there. Like it wasn't much, but she was given nothing. Yeah, and she did okay with nothing. <laughs> yes, she, so not. I don't think she deserved the Razzie nomination. That's just me. Everyone knows when you multiply zero with anything, the answer is equal score is still zero. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. There, there was one other weird thing that I found doing the research. Um, that after Bill Paxton died. Apparently, the Spotter Network, which is the mm. Storm Chasers, uh, choreographed a 200 storm, ch- uh, 200 storm Chasers to spell out BP in their GPS tracker blips on radars as oh. a nice little send-off. <laughs> so, when, when, I, I forget, when did, he, when did he die? Two years ago, I think. Oh, is that recent? Yeah. 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 So, but I'm like, that's a random little... Yeah, Obviously, real Storm Chasers kind of get a kick out of this film. I guess it really put them on the map, because obviously there was something... Storm Chasers clearly existed before the film so, yeah yeah um so it really made it a much more well-known bigger thing yeah that, that little boost to the industry i guess but it, it, yeah industry yeah hobby <laughs> yeah uh, research <laughs> corporate espionage i don't know whatever it may be yeah <laughs> but um i guess unless you got anything else that might yeah, wrap no, it up. No, i think that sums it up pretty well that that was twister like yeah. the second big blockbuster of 96 yeah it was You'll never have to watch again. <laughs> catch up on those blockbusters. Mm. Well, I guess it's about that time to uh, pull another movie out of the hat. Yep. Okay, so next episode, we're going to be calling upon our friend Mike to watch a double feature of Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be epic. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> Oh, because is... I'm not expecting anything. Yeah. <laughs> I expect greatness. <laughs> Australian acting legend Kylie Minogue. Because <laughs> um, you've seen the Super Mario Brothers movie, haven't you? Yes. It's 
no, I remember now. It's bad. No, of course it's terrible. Yeah, well, that's that's our baseline. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And I've actually seen Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Okay. Okay, but not, you, you don't <laughs> no, know the origin. I don't know the origin story. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> but I know this, the, the Mortal Kombat song. Everyone knows that song. <laughs> it's amazing. So, um, well, that's going to be a hell of a good episode. So please tune in in a fortnight's time to hear this video game double feature. Um, only other thing would be um, if you have any suggestions for the hat, or we'd love to hear your thoughts on Twister or any of the films we've done. You can send us an email at haven'tseenpod at gmail um, Yeah. Otherwise, thanks for listening, and we'll see you in a fortnight uh, for this week's episode. I'm Chris. I'm Eric, and I will catch you next time for some Mortal Kombat. And Street Fighter. (laughs) Please rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library.